This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school. Conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. Happy Monday. If you are a tuning in every Monday morning person, I apologize that this episode is going up a little bit later on the 28th of February. I'm actually recording this morning of rather than the week before, the weekend before, because I'm on spring break right now and I didn't feel like I needed to push myself too hard and get this up early. I just figured I would put it up day of, so we're still on track for our Monday episodes each week. But this week is going to be a solo episode, probably a shorter main subject content period. It'll probably be like 15, 10 minutes or so. The topic is going to be how your dental school experience can be different, whether you're specializing or planning to be a general dentist. So I have some kind of talking points for that, going over what the specialty options are, what their requirements are, and how that might affect your timeline while you're in your four years of dental school. But before that, I did want to do a thorough intro, a thorough catch-up, because the past couple weeks I have not, because I've been so busy. So let's jump right into the catch-up, and that would be that we can probably go back two weeks from now. Like I said, it's the 28th, I'm on spring break this whole week, and the week before we had midterms, and the week before that we had midterms. So starting on February 14th, a Monday, we had, it looks like, four midterms and a quiz in that week, and I also had radiology rotation, and I assisted once. We had a few things going on for ASDA, and then I left that Thursday evening to go to annual session in Louisville but the finals that week we had principles of restorative and that's like our sim lab written class and I did not great on it I think I got like a b minus or so maybe a c plus pretty much the same as I did on our midterm this class weirdly enough it was the final in February and then the midterm was last semester in the fall I don't really know why it got split up like that but it did so at least that class is over and then our other midterm was in medically compromised patients that one went very well it was very fair exam it was like 85 percent questions from our quizzes so we were able to kind of be familiar with the type of questions he would ask and the material he wanted us to know so I definitely really appreciate when professors take a time to like give you examples of what you're going to expect if it's your first test in a class like for this case midterms for most of these classes it was our first examination from that professor on this like content and it's really nice if you either have like quiz questions homework questions practice tests something so that you know like the content and the style that they're going to be testing you on so both of those midterms were on monday the 14th and right after that midterm we had a quiz which 
our like eight percent of our grade each of these quizzes so it's still pretty substantial and it's not like homework easy kind of quiz like it's a assessment of how well we know the modules information so it's almost like a test per module but it's called a quiz they're like 10 to 13 questions for a diagnostic sciences class and that one went really well also it was also very fair most of the questions were similar to ones that were given as practice questions through Anki that that professor uploads for us which is a really nice way to test yourself and assess if we've learned the modules content from the lecture videos well or not it's like a flipped classroom style so you watch the lectures you study it you go into class the first day and you take a quiz individually and then you take the same quiz as a team and you get scored on both of those and then the next like two or three class sessions you have case studies that you talk about as a whole class related to the content and then it's time for another module that you're going to be quizzed on more content that you were supposed to watch on your own time so it was all monday and everything went pretty well other than the principles of restorative then the next day we had a midterm in periotherapy too that also was very straightforward very similar to our quiz questions and just very direct from content emphasized during lectures I assisted that day and then we had a zoom for an ASDA speaker Dr. Paul Goodman or Dental Nachos if you're familiar with him he was so kind to speak to our ASDA at Michigan And then Wednesday, I just had lab and classes and radiology rotations, kind of a normal day. And then we headed off for our Louisville trip. There was four people, including myself, in my car. So myself and then our chapter secretary, treasurer, and legislative liaison all drove with me down to Louisville. We were met there with another of our chapter members who's on our general executive committee. And then also our vice president, at the time um he's now our vice president but he served this whole past year as district six trustee and was running for national president or vice president so he kind of got there on his own and had his own a little bit different schedule of events and everything that weekend because we were electing those national leaders which is one of the positions he was running for So I definitely can talk more about annual session in detail and another time maybe, but it was my favorite ASDA conference that I've been to by far. I feel like I learned the most about the association as a whole and what some of the initiatives are that we're advocating for when it comes to licensure. I did a whole episode all about ASDA like two or three episodes ago, so definitely check that out if you don't know what I'm really talking about here. But there's the conference in Chicago every year, the National Leadership Summit, and that's always in November, but then they do annual session every winter-ish in February, and that switches locations. But I would say that after going to both, my favorite conference was annual session. Um, I was serving as a voting delegate, which probably made it more engaging and everything, but I just got to learn so much about the association as a whole, and we got to work really closely with all of the other chapters there. There was a chapter from almost every single school there, and they had some different leadership training sessions where we got to break off into small groups and kind of brainstorm ideas that like other chapters are doing that we can bring to our chapter just basically how we can make ASDA Michigan even better so I absolutely loved that weekend so that was the weekend of the 18th 19th and 20th and then I came right back to school I got back that Sunday night which is what you heard in last week's episode about student loans the intro I mentioned I'm not going to go into great detail because I'm just getting back from a conference and I have more midterms this week 
Well, all that happened. So the week of the 21st, I had an oral surgery midterm and that went very well on that Monday. And we were also the whole week selling tickets for our ASDA gala called the Mandible, like a ball, but mandible, like the jawbone. (laughs) And that was really great. We successfully sold out the tickets to reach the venue's max capacity. And we're really excited to be bringing a huge event to the school for the first time in many, many years. So we're very, very excited about that. And then I also had just more classes. And that Wednesday we had a practical for SimLab, a bridge prep. We were prepping 19 and 21. And the night before, I keep bouncing around, but so Monday night, I took my midterm and then Tuesday we had some class online and then I had a lunch and learn through ASDA and then we went out to dinner after with the person hosting the lunch and learn and then bright and early Wednesday morning was the practical. I had some more classes and the rest of the week was really chill after that. We had one more midterm, actually two more midterms on Thursdays, but it was still chill because I just like had to sit and study. It wasn't like too many different tasks going on all at once. So we had tooth movement which is kind of like our second ortho class, our midterm, and that was super, super straightforward, so that was awesome. And then we had our pediatric midterm, which I was pretty nervous about, but I liked that class because he gave a lot of old practice tests. So again, it really helps you go into it, at least understanding the type of questions you're going to be getting and the content that the professor views as most important because you're getting hundreds and hundreds of slides over half of a semester so it's really hard to know what to focus on so I really appreciate if professors will at least give practice questions of some sort our oral surgery professor the midterm that Monday of that week also gave some practice questions so if your professors don't like necessarily upload them right away don't feel bad like I emailed our oral surgery professor and then an hour later he posted an announcement on canvas hey I posted practice questions so don't feel bad asking like worst case they're gonna say no I understand if they don't want to put up old exams but this guy just gave like five practice questions and that made the biggest difference of us understanding like that he was going to ask case-based like scenario-based questions and then like our pediatric class asks a lot of cascading questions if you know what that means like you have to answer the first question to understand the second question to understand the third question so it's really useful to be prepared for that so you're not kind of thrown off guard when you first like open the exam and once those assessments were done so that was three midterms and a practical all last week they went very well I had a podcast recording that I was actually a guest it's on a show called call her doctor so that should be up probably in the next couple weeks if you want to check out their show again it's call her doctor and then I had lab for dentures and then I headed to Indiana which is where I am now when I'm recording this I'm at my boyfriend's place for the next couple days and then on Thursday morning we're flying to New York City so that's where I'll be for the weekend just exploring visiting some of his family and having a great time for the second half of my spring break so it was a really good balance of getting to have fun but also getting to relax and kind of recharge because we do only get one week off then we're back into busy busy schedule trying to meet all all of our requirements we have a white coat ceremony coming up um, we have that ASDA gala coming up. We have our OSCE, which is like our assessment to see if we can enter clinic soon. So lots of stuff is happening in March. And then April is really just wrapping up with classes and finals and stuff. And then come May, I will be seeing my first patients for patient care directly by me. We assist a lot in the clinics. If you're familiar with 
me at all and sharing my experience at Michigan. We definitely assist a ton, but come May, I will be treating my own patients. I'm very excited. I think that's enough of a recap. Definitely very thorough, but I feel like I owed that to you guys by now because it's been a few weeks that I hadn't given you a thorough recap. But we will get into this week's topic, specializing versus general dentistry. How does that affect your dental school experience? This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. All right, let's get right into this week's topic. So... If you know me at all, Haley, I'm a second-year dental student, soon to be third-year dental student come May, and I went into dental school knowing that I want to be a general dentist, and that has not changed at this point. I feel like I have a decent amount of exposure to the specialties, especially with this podcast. I know a lot of different dentists practicing dentistry in all kinds of ways through the traditional recognized specialties and also just that have kind of honed in their general dentistry practice to do a specific type of treatment. So there's a lot of different ways you can go about practicing as a dentist, but if you're going into dental school knowing that you want to specialize in something specific or knowing that you might want to specialize, I just thought it would be useful to talk to you about how I've noticed my peers' experiences in dental school so far be different than my own, knowing that I am using these four years to learn as much as I can about general dentistry, to make connections in general dentistry and private practice, to try to get a great job, mentorship, gain those skills to be the best clinician that I can after four years. But there's a lot of things that are different about these four years if you know you want to go into a specialty or if you're on the fence and going to kind of be exploring that during dental school. And there's nothing wrong with coming in and being open to it and not knowing for sure either. But I have a few things written out here that I thought would be useful to discuss with you all. First being that I think it can change your attitude about learning during dental school because for me, I don't need to focus so much on getting an A in every class. I can really focus on how does this specific concept apply to patients, or maybe it really doesn't. So it's not something I'm going to get bogged down about memorizing a 10-step process that is not going to actually affect my patients in the big picture. But other people that need to get into a highly competitive specialty program might be making sure they know that 10-step process because they need to get 100% on the exam to be in a high ranking in my class. Our class averages are often in the 90s. So that means if you're not getting an A, you're probably below average. And that would mean in the lower half of our class in rankings. So it's definitely competitive if you're someone that wants to get into a specialty. However, grades are not everything, especially for different specialty programs grades carry less weight just based on the program based on the type of specialty certain specialties are going to look more at your clinical experience are going to look more at your community involvement or other specialties 
might really measure your ability to perform in their program based on your GPA and your entrance exam score. So speaking of entrance exams, I would say that's an additional thing on your plate during dental school. We're all taking our practicals, competencies, you're all taking written exams, you're all trying to meet your clinical requirements in the patient clinic, and you're going to have to take boards to be licensed to practice in your state. So you're going to have the INBDE, and then you're going to have your state written exam, and then your state clinical exam, which for us is two parts. And on top of that, though, you're going to have to find time to take an additional exam for most specialty programs. You're either going to take the GRE for programs like, I think, pediatrics and orthodontics, or you might be taking the CBSE if you want to go into oral surgery. I'm not sure what exam you have to take if you want to do endo or pros or anything, but you usually have to take an additional exam on top of everything you're already doing. So you're definitely going to be a bit busier and maybe not getting as involved in other ways with extracurriculars and things because you need to spend your extra time preparing for this other exam. And that was my next thing on this list is it can change how you spend your extra time, not just studying, but also where I might be going to assist when I have a free afternoon in the patient clinics like the D3s, D4s, you might be going to assist in the grad clinic or trying to get an extra rotation at the hospital or you might be on an externship trying to kind of shadow at these specialty programs. Those are things that are consuming your time or your weekends or making you take a week off of seeing patients to meet your graduation requirements. You might be taking a week off to go to an externship at a program that you want to apply to for specialties. So it's really just changing the experience that you have during those four years, I think is what I want to emphasize. And it probably is going to come off biased that I think it's a bad thing and I don't mean it to come off that way it's just because it's not the route that I'm choosing so obviously I have my own perspective on it and I don't think it's a bad thing I think it's very admirable if you want to specialize but I just can recognize how much work that my peers are putting in that want to go to these different specialty programs I just like think it's very admirable and respectable but it's not something that I'm doing. Like I'm using my extra time to be in leadership roles and clubs, to going to like every event that they host rather than maybe none or only a few. I'm doing like my podcast and YouTube and social media. I like make a lot of time for my friends and everything. So like you might have to sacrifice one or two things of all that stuff I'd listed, but you might not. It just kind of depends on how you want to build up your resume and application for that program. So I would say it probably does affect your motivation when it comes to studying for your practicals and for your general dentistry classes because if you're coming into dental school and you 100% know I want to be an orthodontist, you don't necessarily need to perfect doing a class 2 prep because you're not going to be doing cavity preps on patients once you graduate dental school and start ortho and then work as an orthodontist. So I could imagine it's probably hard to be motivated to learn these skills when they're not something that you actually want to do. So that's why they say it's really important to come into dental school being okay with the idea of being a general dentist because that's what they're training you to do for four years. So if you absolutely hate, hate, hate that, it's going to be really hard to get through dental school. So you want to at least come in with an open mind. You can totally pursue that specialty that you've wanted to do since you were a kid or something. 
but you have to at least be okay with general dentistry because you're going to be doing a lot of it and it would be hard to perform well in sim lab which is a grade that goes on your transcript that is part of the factors they're considering for accepting you or not to your specialty program so you still need to do well at those class two preps even though maybe you think they're hard and boring and you don't want to learn how to do them well but you have to so that's another thing to keep in mind and the next thing I would say is you have a lot of opportunities for student orgs whether you want to be in general dentistry or you want to specialize there's usually an org for general dentistry called academy of general dentistry and then there's usually an org for every recognized specialty so endodontics club perio club pros club And then there's also clubs like cosmetic dentistry, which isn't a recognized specialty. There's clubs like dental device clubs. There might be a club for like sleep medicine or something. So ways that you can kind of hone in your general dentistry practice. That's the great thing about dental school is that all of these organizations probably exist at your school and it gives you a really good chance to explore things early on in dental school. Because I think the con of the way the curriculum is set up is that you usually need to kind of be on track to apply to these specialties like during your third year is when you would take that extra entrance exam, be studying for it, and you'd be like filling out your application because you would apply that summer before your fourth year of dental school or like that fall. And if you don't know that you want to do that specialty until you go on rotation the end of your third year, you're going to end up having to probably wait another year to apply, work as a general dentist for a year, do a general dentistry residency, and then apply to the specialty program, which is really not a big deal. But I know at this point in dental school, we all are really ready to get out, get working, make money, be independent. So I think that the way the dental curriculum is set up where you usually do rotations through specialties your third and fourth year is a bit of a con just in general and I think it's similar across all dental schools but my best advice for you would be try to get exposure to the specialties early on just to confirm that the one you want to do is the one you want to do or if you're unsure that you might want to do different ones try to get exposure to all of them through student orgs so sign up for all the ones that you're interested in Go to the events, try to get that like hands-on training if they do like a wire bending workshop with Ortho Club or something, or if they have a speaker come in to talk about like root canal therapy and stuff, go to those, see if they interest you. Because even in my curriculum as a second year student is when we finally even got a class about pediatrics, got a class about orthodontics, got a class about endodontics, like towards the end of my second year. So I hadn't even learned an ounce about these specialties in the like lecture format until my second year and then I won't get to do rotations through the clinics until my third and fourth year so you really have to be proactive and seek out those opportunities that way you can be on track if you do want to apply to a residency and start in a specialty program right when you graduate from dental school so before we talk about a few other ways to kind of figure it out early just because I think that will take the most stress off of you if you are really sure in which specialty you want to do if you are interested in one. I am going to go through a couple tips of how to figure that out as soon as you can. But before then, I wanted to talk about what are the recognized specialties because I've kind of mentioned that a little bit in this episode that there's some that dentists might focus their treatments around, but it's not actually a recognized specialty that you go to a program for. 
And then there are others that are recognized specialties that you do need to go to additional training. You pay money to go to these programs after the four years of dental school. Some of them are two years, two and a half years, three years, or oral surgery is four years or six years even (laughs) after dental school. So that's something I'll let you look up on your own if you're interested in specific ones I'm listing off, but I will let you know what the recognized specialties are by the American Dental Association. So there is oral and maxillofacial pathology, oral and maxillofacial radiology, oral medicine, oral facial pain, pediatric dentistry, periodontology, endodontics, oral and maxillofacial surgery, orthodontics, public health, prosthodontics, and dental anesthesiology. So those are the ones that are actually recognized that there's programs that exist to get a formal master's or another doctorate depending on the program in that specialty. But there's things like cosmetic dentistry that are things that sometimes people focus on or like sleep medicine, temporomandibular joint disorder, so TMD. Those are some things that general dentists like to focus on that isn't necessarily a specialty per se. But now I can let you know how I would say or I would go about it if I came into dental school thinking I might want to do a specialty. So I would say, like I said, you can try to get as much time as you can in those grad clinics if they're at your school. Like we have a specialty program for pretty much everything I just listed other than maybe like anesthesiology and stuff at Michigan. So if you want to do perio, pros, ortho, oral surgery, peds, endo, you can go into that clinic as a first and second year and just like introduce yourself to the faculty, to the residents and say, hey, like I'm really passionate about this. If you ever need an assistant, I want to learn. I want to be up here as much as possible and give them your contact info and then kind of follow up with them as the semesters go and try to start getting some experience in that clinic. But if you don't have a specialty clinic or just in general, I think it would also be beneficial to go shadow again at an actual specialty office. So you can start doing that as a pre-dental student, but it's probably more useful when you're actually in dental school because you kind of understand things at a deeper level and they'll probably be more likely to let you like get close in to like see what's going on versus as a pre-dental student, patients might be a little more hesitant to have you kind of all up in their space. I mentioned student organizations, so join those student orgs, push for having hands-on events so you can really figure out if you'd like to do this work, like do like an endo boot camp on typodont teeth, try to get more speakers that have diverse experiences in that field and talk about how it was for them getting started, things they wish they knew, regrets they have, favorite things that they did. I would also say my last thing is just remembering that if you don't figure it all out early, that's okay if you find out third year that you really want to be an endodontist, especially endo actually is a specialty that often it's really common to go work for a few years and then come back and apply. But really for any specialty program, there's nothing abnormal or shameful about graduating dental school, going to work for a few years and making money so that you can actually pay for that specialty program without a bunch of loans. And then you can ensure that General dentistry is okay, but it's not for me. I just really want to be doing peds, working with children and special needs individuals all day, every day. Or I really just love root canals. I want to get better at it. I want to get into the nitty gritty, all the tough cases. I really want to do endo. 
And that would be a great way to affirm that and then also be making money at the same time. So there's nothing wrong with graduating, going to work, and then applying to specialty programs. Granted, everything that I said in this episode, so I'm sure you can understand that it would be pretty common to go and start dental school and then not realize that you want to do a specialty until later because you just don't get the exposure early on because dental school is training us to be general dentists and that's the way the curriculum is structured. So I hope this episode was informative for you. I definitely did not want to deter anyone from a specialty or scare anyone or anything. I just wanted to have like an honest conversation about it completely from my own perspective as a second year student who is not applying to specialty programs, who always has wanted to be a general dentist. So this is like my perspective of what I've seen other students going through and everything. And I just wanted to share that with a wider audience so that you can be more prepared and make the most of your pre-dental experience, make the most of your dental school experience right when you start, if this is something that is in your sights for the future. So with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I will talk to you next Monday with a guest, a dental student at Marquette University. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 